Alright, welcome to a Tuesday episode of Elemental Collision. Today we're going to talk about community and everyone's favorite topic, organizations. So, what are we talking about when we talk about organizations? Now we're talking about the corporations, we're talking about those businesses, right? We, If you're an employee or if you're even the owner of a company, right? You have community. You have a community of employees. You have a community that you engage in, you know, in your territory, your regions. Frankly, the world's a community as well. But all that to be said, what I want to focus on specifically, as we've kind of touched on in the previous weeks, you know, we've talked from engaging with your community. We've talked about some of the aspects of community. In this past episode that I released, a little small, short one about introverts and extroverts, and uh, as was pointed out to me, uh, ambiverts is a thing as well. But what I really want to focus on today is how community operates within organizations. Now, in this current day and age, we obviously have a lot of changes, right? The remote work concept has, not even a concept anymore, it's not practical, is come fully into into place, right? Where possible, organizations, companies, businesses have chosen to allow their employees to work from home. Now, that comes with a whole bunch of complications. But one of the side effects is that is a necessary kind of removal of the community that we used to have, right? And let let me kind of clarify that. We now have communities where it's detached, right? We've talked about the interface between us and Zoom or Skype or WebEx or Choose Your Poison, right? We've talked about even this interface where I'm talking to you kind of asynchronously, right? And I'm doing this through a podcast or a video cast, as you'll probably get both. A lot of these things are artificial, right? You know, mankind is inherently a social animal, right? We exist in society. We exist to have relationship with other people. Now, we looked at some of the, those dynamics yesterday and personality types, um, but one of the things we also have to look at is how organizations shape the way that we interact with the community as well. If you're like me and you're part of a larger enterprise, um, my employer enjoys about 165,000 employees worldwide. That's massive. No way I could get to know 165,000 individual people, right? We tend to be bucketed. I'm in a particular group inside of that large company. Um, I know other people in you know, engineering, for example. I know other people in products. I know other people in marketing. I know bits and pieces here. And so I've formed my own little community. I have my people, the, the folks that I talk to, the ones that I interact with necessarily and unnecessarily, right? Um, and the company's made a really good job of ensuring that that kind of thing continues. Now, various companies have various different types of way of doing this, but one, one way is employee resource groups, right? A collection of folks that go in and focus on a particular subject, whether it be race, religion, creed, sexuality, you name it, right? It's a kind of a unifying event. You have challenges, you know, something like fitness challenges, like, hey, in this time of lock-in, go out there and walk 10,000 steps a day and you'll get rewarded for it, right? That kind of is, it's an imitational community, right? You don't have to participate if you don't want to. It's kind of fun. Um, Kind of maddening to you and the other people on your team don't keep up with you. But you have those types of situations. You have the other kind of archetypical things, you know, the monthly broadcasts or the town halls. And I actually want to focus on town halls and another side effect, the knock-on effect of that, which is um, NPS scores, net promoter scores. I will save that for last because I only have a fixed amount of time. That being said, so town halls. Town halls are interesting, right? You get a large collection of people. 
you know, in the olden days, you would meet in the community hall, you would bring in the town. You know, you've probably seen Gilmore Girls, right? Uh, they have those town meetings. Or you have, you live in a small town or you live in a large town, right? They have to hold various types of government. They have to hold these meetings so that community members, and it's aptly named, folks that are existing in these communities go out and are able to hear what government or governance is thinking. And that's all well and good. You'll notice inevitably at these type of meetings that there are, uh, let's say, three different classes of folks. You have the enthusiastic ones. That's a great idea. You know, rah, rah, rah. Call it the kiss-ass town hall type folks. You have the opposite end of the spectrum, which is, God, that's awful. Like, how could they even fucking think about that, right? And in the middle, you have the quiet ones. Uh, you know, <laughs> there's a book by uh, Christopher Ruscio called, uh, like he's writing a series right now. Uh, Sun Eater series, and it's amazing, and he has a section in there called Quiet Ones. As an aside, read that book. Um, series of books, it's three of them now. Um, Sun Eater. The Quiet Ones. You have the Quiet Ones, you have those folks in the middle that are, you know, not swayed, or maybe are not announcing the way that they are thinking quite so much at this point. They're listening, they're accepting, they're, well, not necessarily accepting, they're listening. Maybe with a little bit of prejudice, maybe with a little bit of optimism. But they're listening, and they're trying to understand, they're trying to comprehend what's going on in this way, shape, you know, in this time. And so one of the things that tends to be, you know, disregarded a lot is the people that are very vocal on either end tend to be the ones that the most attention is paid to, right? That's not necessarily always the best thing about community or about these town halls, about these circumstances, right? Because when you start to listen to the outliers, and these are truly outliers, you miss the core of what's going on. So I mentioned net promoter scores, right? And I'm going to touch on that real quick and then circle back around to community. NPS is a very interesting thing. It's kind of introspective, you know, at least the way that I've seen it conducted. We want to get to know how we're doing, right? What are the subject matters we're doing there? The questions are sometimes good, sometimes they're leading, most often not than not, they are leading questions. They're designed to get the right answers, believe it or not. And that's not to castigate the folks that come up with these things, but it's basically to say, listen, you can do a lot through the way that you phrase questions. And that's creating artificial, you know, artificial results. But a lot of what comes down to in an MPS situation is the actual score and weighting that's assigned. So if I look at a scale of 1 to 10, in some of the NPS discussions I've been around, the only scores that are actually paid attention to are like 1s and 2s, and then 9s and 10s. Everything in the middle is discarded. And I find that interesting. I find that interesting from a personal level, I find that interesting from a psychological level, and as well as a sociological level. The reason being is that community doesn't exist in the outliers. Community is necessary with the outliers, but community exists in the center. Community is built based on the summation of ideas, not just the ones that are heard the loudest. Everything that goes on in America, we see right now, we see a lot of the loudest people that are out there. And that's a good thing. That's part of it. Like I said, we exist in a continuum here. But what you don't hear a lot about is that center, is that 
middle, that place where people are perceiving, they're listening, they're not talking very much because they're trying to understand everything that's going through there. They're trying to process the, the meat, if you will, or if you're a vegan, they're trying to process the vegetables um, that are going on here, the really root, the complex of what's happening. And when we look at this from an organizational framework, if we're more willing to listen to those that scream the loudest, we're missing the mass. We're missing the true meat of community. So all these town halls and all these circumstances, if we're discarding a lot of the noise, you've seen it. You've been on these town halls. You've been on these kind of quarterly broadcasts where, you know, the questions that are being answered or questions that are being asked, let's even go there, or the questions that are being answered, how they're being answered, or the people that make the most noise are in either in the kiss-ass Karen kind of you know, standard in the, oh my gosh, this is amazing, I can't believe we're doing this, or they're in the detracting, detractor's column. You don't hear a lot about the middle. And if you do, it's usually brushed over very, very quickly, like, oh, you know, hey, why, why, are, why are we thinking this way? The reason why some of those things are brushed over is that inherently the organization's opinion of those is that they aren't, if you're questioning, you're negative. I won't say this, and this is a very gross generalization, I won't say this is true for every single organization. There are certainly the smaller you are, no, I even back that up. It's very, very hard to listen to everybody. Like I said, if I'm on a call with 250, 250 people, you know, not all 250 people are going to be able to speak, so you kind of rely on the loudest. But if I'm in a company or if I'm on a call with 10, you know, then I can go individually and I can look at that. But sometimes people just don't want to speak on those type of situations. And so you have that tendency to gravitate towards the loudest or the most negative because you want to counterbalance that activity as quickly as possible, right? I think we've talked about this before, but if we haven't, we're looking for that organizational homeostasis, right? What makes us function the best possible way? And we do that sometimes despite ourselves, right? The body heats itself up when it's as you go through the day or when you get sick, right? Because it's trying to, in doing so, it's trying to equalize itself back out. It's trying to get to the point where it's evicting the poison, if you will, and then trying to normalize that homeostasis. We've called that the historical 98.6. Guess what? I run cooler than that. In an organization, we do the same thing. We go and attack those outliers because that's where we believe the most noise, the most critique, the most poison, if you will, especially if it's negative, is coming from. But what we fail to understand and what we fail to deal with a lot of times is that middle, is that robust middle, is that core middle of everything that we do. So my challenge is this week, and kind of part of this discussion, I know I've been ripping through this, is that if you're an organizational leader, stop listening to the noise. Stop listening to the edges. Stop looking at ways to promote the outliers and start looking to the middle. Start going and holding one-on-ones. Yeah, go through the address book if you, if you have the time, if you have the effort and the energy. And I would argue you need to make time because the more amount of time you dedicate to the people that you serve, and believe this when I say it, you may think you're a leader, but you lead through service. You lead through leading. You lead through serving those who are underneath you and positionally or otherwise. You can't be a good leader if you don't listen. If you don't listen to the majority, that meat, that 
baseline, that foundation of your community, and all you're listening to is the noise that's pinging around, both negative and positive, then you're missing what's actually going on. In the same way, I would challenge those that are in the middle, those that are quiet, those that are not willing to speak out loud, speak. You know, you've been listening for a long time. You've been sitting there for a long time. You've been digesting for a long time, but your thoughts are incredibly valid. Your ideas are incredibly valid. And sometimes it doesn't feel safe within an organization. Organizations have done this for years, but they don't allow people to feel safe in community. They don't. You know, if you're either in or you're out. It's because they've always paid attention to the loud voices. And they're either going to get swatted down, and we see that happen all the time. That person gets swatted down. Or they go to the positive folks, and you feel like those, those folks get rewarded. Take the risk. Because leaders can only do what they know. And if they're unwilling to step to you, there's an inherent problem in that community. And I would say that community is on the verge of paralysis. But take that step. Find somebody you can relate to. In a previous recording of this, because I botched it, <laughs> which is pretty much par for the course, I talked about finding and ways of knitting things together. All right, I grab my mosaic illustration real quick. You know, in this illustration, I've used this before in previous podcasts, and though for those of you that are listening, it's, it's a mosaic that a friend of mine put together. You see a lot of blue, you see a lot of blue, you see a lot of green, some browns in here. And I would argue, if you look at this, the browns and greens make up the majority of this picture. Blues do too. But if you look at these, and you take that analogy of what I was talking about with, with community and that, that quiet middle, you couldn't have this picture if you didn't have these colors in place, if you didn't have the muted colors. And these muted colors provide you know, boundaries. They provide a baseline for what this picture ends up being. Even here, the field of blue provides a boundary for the rest of it. So this bottle can be, you know, can be in contrast. That's my outlier. This rim of the glass or the head of this beer is considered an outlier because it provides that contrast. And so you're truly seeing, even exemplified in art, where the vastness of that meaty middle, you know, those quiet folks is coming to bear and how that makes this picture work, how this, you know, how all of this comes together. And it may not seem like much and, you know, it may not feel like much, but being able to find other people who are like you, in community. Hey, I noticed you were quiet on a call. What do you think? You know, and coming together one by one, you start to stitch and fill in that picture again. We're not expecting everything to be the same. This is a homogeneous picture, right? It looks like it, but it's made of heterogeneous parts. Everything is different. And all these things come together and they knit together into one picture. And it's a beautiful picture. It has meaning, it has mass, and it has, you know, everybody together. So this week's challenge, by all means, find, if you're the quiet ones, find somebody to talk to. Find some baseline. Knit community together even further. If you're one of the loud ones, if you're one of the folks that gets, you know, set off on that line, I would urge you to quiet. Quiet yourself down. Listen more to your peers. Listen to the folks that maybe don't agree with you. Because I think you'll find some interesting contrast there. I think you'll find some interesting color there. I think you'll find... There's more commonality than you think. Not everything has to be awesome. Not everything has to be great. As a matter of fact, shit's going to suck constantly. 
But what you can do through this process of identification and finding out, you find your role, you find your picture, you find your place in community, and together it becomes part. I need the outliers. I need the loud, the obnoxious, the kiss-ass Karens, if you will. In the same way, I need the toxic Larrys, and I need the folks that are out there on the side that don't understand and don't want to understand. But I also need, you know, the common, the baseline folks that have bigger ears than they do mouths, right? That are willing to listen, that are willing to understand. So my challenge for you, again, is to listen. Listen to those around you. If you haven't spoken in a while, speak. Find those that will be willing to exchange ideas with you. That's part of what community is. And when it comes together, you'll find that community becomes even better. So, Thank you for spending the time with me today. Short, sweet, hopefully to that point. Hopefully something that's useful to you. And uh, as always, you are loved. You are, you are accepted. You are incredible for who you are. Wear a mask. Don't be stupid. And uh, I'll see you next week. Thanks. Mm -hmm.